When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anyone remember Bill Belichick Envy? This was a real thing, and I'm talking about not so long ago. Well, there might be something else that's come along to replace it that's just as unattractive. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll take the time to check out. Belichick Envy was either a vehicle that was used by Mike Tomlin bashers, and I'm talking about the people who just bash him no matter what, who just I'm convinced just follow the team to do nothing other than bash him. But it was real. And everything was, well, if only Belichick was here. Here's how Belichick would have handled it. Everything the guy did was seen by Steelers fans as being immaculate. And I I get that. I get that. Because in every head-to-head matchup, certainly, It would favor New England. Something would happen, even if it was the Jesse James game. Something would happen where you'd say, yeah, but that was Belichick. That's what happens when you have Belichick. And now all of a sudden, Belichick's not in the playoffs anymore. Wonder why. And no one really talks about him much. But it was such an ugly, ugly thing for Pittsburghers to look across the lawn and see that the neighbor's grass was prettier, and just repeatedly emphasize that this guy was better, this guy was better. It was such an un-Pittsburgh-like sentiment that I could hardly recognize it. Oh, and by the way, whenever I'd bring it up, oh my goodness, you'd think the world ended. And now, now we're seeing something that's a little bit different, especially Now that the Bengals are going back to the AFC championship game for a second consecutive year, that's quarterback envy. It's not just Joe Burrow. It's, well, if you look around the conference, there's Burrow, there's Patrick Mahomes, there's Trevor Lawrence, and then there's whatever it is that we have, whatever it is that's left over for us. And no one really throws in that last part because they don't want to completely dump on Kenny Pickett because he's popular and he's, you know, got the semi-pseudo local ties and having played at Pitt for the number of people that follow Pitt. It's not a great number in our city, but 
there's enough. And we like him. And he's likable. And he came in and was part of the 7-2 and two finish. But man, we draw that line, don't we? We draw that line between the quarterbacks we really want and the quarterback we really have. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. I'm not here to take anything away from the Bengals who were absolutely dominant yesterday in Buffalo. What a show they put on both sides of the ball. I couldn't have been more impressed. I also found it kind of cool, to be honest with you, to see the AFC North team walking into that setting. All that snow and the hostility and the emotion with DeMar Hamlin there and everything and just saying, you know what? We're the AFC North team here. We're the ones that are going to take care of business. We're the ones that are tougher and more hardened than the other guys. And you know what? They are. They were. That was all very, very cool. But it took no more than a few minutes from the time the Bengals got their big, comfortable lead for a lot of the the seeming sentiment, particularly on social media, to switch toward the quarterbacks. Yeah, if only we had one of those. And also, the Bengals are going to own this division for the next decade. Watch out for the Bengals. They are the new kings of the North, and they shall remain such for however long Burrow is there. Um, No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because that's not how the NFL works in the salary cap era. The NFL has a real and massive punishment for teams that have tremendous franchise quarterbacks like Burrow, and that is that eventually they got to get paid. And when they do get paid, they're going to consume as much as a quarter of your total payroll. The Bengals are still, for anybody who doesn't know this, paying Burrow on his rookie contract, which averages out to around 7 or $8 million. Obviously, he is the bargain in the league, bar none. There's no one that comes close. But Bengals management, all the way up to the Brown family, has stated, and I have no doubt they'll follow through on this, that they're going to sign Burrow to a massive extension this summer. If I had to guess, it'll at least challenge the one that the Chiefs signed with Mahomes. And when that happens, the balance of power in the AFC North will however much or however little, but surely start to slip away from Cincinnati because there's a lot of players that they won't be able to keep the same way we saw the Steelers being unable to keep so many. In fact, that was the running theme around here for so many years. Oh, if only it wasn't for this cap, we wouldn't have to let this guy go or that guy go. Or, you know, Mike Hilton go. 
Still a huge mistake, by the way, but I don't want to get off on that tangent right now. The money will start to move away from Cincinnati because they're also going to have to pay Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And at some point, Burrow's going to get kind of sick of having to play behind a patchwork offensive line, and he's going to do more insisting that they fortify that area. And then what's going to happen to the other side of the ball? What's going to happen to the defense? They're not going to be able to spend as much, and things tend to balance themselves out. This is what you have in a cap league. I'll take this further to include Baltimore since John Harbaugh said this week that the Ravens are 200% certain. 200%, the man said, not aware of the mathematical impossibility, apparently, that Lamar Jackson will be back in 2023. He'll either get franchised or they'll sign him to the extension. And given the fact that they've really achieved little in extension talks for a couple of years now, and the ugly way in which things ended with Lamar and the Ravens, with them casting doubts, and rightly so, over whether or not he dogged it with that injury down the stretch, we'll see what ends up happening there. But if I'm a Pittsburgh fan here again, you're hoping for the long-term extension. You're hoping for them to keep him there and eat up a massive chunk of payroll for years. Whereas here in Pittsburgh, regardless of what it is that you think of Kenny or even his potential, you know that Kenny's going to be operating on his rookie contract for the foreseeable future. You also know that the same is true for a decent chunk of the offense. That means the cap space is there and is going to be there for the next couple of years to fortify the holes that very much remain on defense. I think that can be done. And I wouldn't be looking anywhere else in any envious way when it does. When we come back, J1Q. Minnesota, who asks, Hi DK, in thinking about the 2022 Steelers offense and the Saturday-ish description that was assigned to it by Steve Smith, could it be that the offense was simplified due to a number of factors? Poor offensive line play the previous year, the addition of two new starters to the group this year, new starting quarterbacks in 2022, young tight end and wide receiver rooms. These factors might have contributed to the offense being simplified, and once the units got it, the offense improved over the course of the season. So if all of this is true, then is this maybe the plan to keep Canada into next season and expand things For the group to grow into, or am I just engaged in wishful thinking? You know, Dan, I could buy this theory the way you present it. I could. I could look at the way this team came together over the course of the season, got better, added a couple of things that weren't there earlier in the year, notably in the very specific area of throwing across the middle of the field. And I could say, You know, Dan, you just nailed it, except for one 
really prominent thing, and that is that the head coach of this football team himself said on the day after the regular season ended that Canada, quote, got better, end quote, as the season went along. So Tomlin himself didn't like what Canada was doing early on. That's a really politically worded way to state it, but that's what he meant. There's no other way to interpret that. So if Tomlin didn't like what he was seeing from Canada early on, that means that Tomlin, you would think, had hoped that it would be something that would be more effective, even if it involved being more intricate. I can tell you that the countless players with whom I've conversed on some variations of this subject never once said that the offense was too simple. There were comments about the the wide receiver routes being too simple. In fact, there were comments about the wide receiver routes never really mixed up much at all. But I never heard anyone say, yeah, this was dumbed down for us. Uh, if anything, the one area where I pressed on that subject the most was the offensive line because of exactly what you said, which is that they really struggled In 2021, they had to bring in James Daniels, Mason Cole, and still find a way to make it work with the guys who struggled. So I thought, here, at least, you know, simplify or dumb down, whatever the term is you'd want to use, the blocking schemes. You know, stop with all the motion and the left, right, and everything else here, and just tell them to block the guy in front of them. Get mean, you know, have that be your X's and O's for the week. But they didn't. They didn't. So if anything, the pattern that I observed as it related to the blocking was that it actually got a little bit simpler than it was earlier in the season, although that might have only been the result of really, really committing to the run the way they did. You know, I like, again, Dan, I like what you brought up. I just... It's hard to square it with what Tomlin said. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I have a favor to ask of you this morning. And I don't do this much. But if you're following us on YouTube, if you're listening to this show on YouTube, and a big, big percentage of you are, please hit that subscribe button on DK Pittsburgh Sports. It makes a big difference to this show. It really does. It's free. It costs you nothing. Tap one one button. That's it. Let's do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.